Good morning, Westridge. Good to see you today. Good to be back here with you. Uh, we're going to continue today in our holiday hang-up series. And today we're going to be looking at a different approach to the, uh, the stuff that we all seem to accumulate through the, uh, the story of an encounter Jesus had with a man in the Bible. Now, I don't know if you're anything like I am, but I do tend to accumulate stuff. I, uh, I have several obsessions when it comes to purchasing. Uh, books are one thing. My, my office bookshelves are filled with books. <laughs> I have books stacked on top of each other. And I just keep buying more. Uh, my my uh, hunting clothes is another obsession I have. I could clothe a small nation with the clothes I have in my hunting closet. And then there's a the thing that I really love. Knives. Now, I was, had my first knife given to me by my mom and dad when I was 10 years old, and I have been buying them ever since. In fact, last Christmas, I asked for this. Now, that's a knife. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Huh? Okay, right. Hey, now, here's the deal. Uh, it's a Bowie knife. Now, I, I will never carry this with me anywhere I go, except when I speak, Right. Okay, and when I was asked why I wanted a Bowie knife, my response was, I just think they're cool, okay? I've always wanted one, right? So I got a Bowie knife for Christmas last year. I have every kind of knife you can think of, right? every kind. But when I see a new one, I think, boy, I'd like to have it. I saw one in Walmart yesterday. It's a Camillus Kukra knife. And I told Darla, I said, I'd like that. She said, no, you wouldn't. Okay. Now, I still use the same knife for, for dressing deer that I've had for 20 plus years, but I still accumulate more. You know how many knives I need? Just one more. Right? Isn't that the way it works? The reality is, okay, now stuff is rather provocative, isn't it? It draws our attention. It gathers our desire. And since this is the case, it, it can become very difficult to let go of even when it places us in dangerous situations. With that in mind, I, I brought a, uh, a coconut with me today. Now, I've heard stories of how they use something like this to capture monkeys. Now, I, I've seen it on YouTube, in fact. Now, here's what, here's what they do. The hunter will drill a hole in the coconut the size of a monkey's hand. And then they'll put a chain on the other end of the, of the coconut and attach it to something that's immovable. And inside the coconut then, the hollow coconut, they will place a shiny object or a piece of food. And then the coconut is set down and the hunter goes off to hide and wait. Now monkeys are very curious creatures. And before long, one will approach the coconut to see what it holds. And it'll shake it and it'll look inside the hole. And the monkey will reach its hand inside the hole and then grab a hold of what's inside. And once that happens, the monkey is trapped. And I have watched it. As the hunter approaches, he comes out of hiding, he approaches the monkey with a net, and the monkey is screeching and pulling his hand as hard as he can to get out of the coconut, but he can't let go of what's inside. And the hunter will walk right up and drop the net over the monkey, and it's game over. All the monkey would have to do would be to let loose of what's in, what he's holding on to. See, the problem is, the fist that the monkey gets when he's grabbing a hold of it is larger than the hole. That if he just let go and slipped his hand back out, he'd be free. 
As we approach Christmas, I believe it's very easy to become enamored with the desire to grasp for more. My my grandchildren will see a toy or a game advertised on TV, and they will say, Grandpa, will you put that on my list? Now, their list is 30 feet long by now. Okay, honestly. And I'll say, sure. And I realize they won't remember what I think they asked for, but none of us want to be trapped by the stuff that we're holding on to. For in the story we're going to look at today, we're going to see a man whose stuff stood in the way of his following Jesus. And while it's not wrong to have stuff, it's dangerous when the stuff becomes an impediment to following Jesus. So here's the key thought for today. I believe we are never more like God than when we choose giving over grasping. The story for today is found in Matthew 19. A young man approached Jesus with a question, and it was a legitimate question. It wasn't a question designed to trip Jesus up or trap him in what he had said. The young man wanted to know how he could get, how he could obtain eternal life, life forever with God. He said, is there some great deed I need to do? Or is there some action I need to take? What does it take? And Jesus looked at him and said, hey, if you want to enter life forever, obey the commandments. And the young man said, okay, well, which commandments? And Jesus said, well, you know what they are. You know, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, and so forth. And the young man thought to himself, nailed it. He said, I've done those things. I've kept them. But he must have realized that there has to be more of this story. So he asked Jesus, so, so what else? What, what am I missing? One of the other stories tells us, uh, one of the other passages tells the same story. It says that when Jesus looked at the young man, when the young man asked him the question, what else do I have to do? Jesus looked at him and loved him. Because I think Jesus saw some great potential in this guy. Uh, he knew right in front of him was standing someone who could make it be a difference maker for, for the kingdom moving forward. And he also knew, though, that there was something standing in the way of this guy. That he was holding on to something that was going to trap him if he didn't release it. So Jesus dropped this on him. He said this, if you want to be perfect, having every piece in place, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Now, on the surface, this might be a little harsh. might seem a little harsh, a little over the top, right? I mean, come on. Everything, sell it, sell it and give it away, really? But Jesus knew that he, this young man had an obstacle in his way of truly being a follower. And an obstacle that was going to trip him up sooner or later if he didn't let go of it. He was trusting in the stuff he had. And when Jesus invited him to come follow, the perceived cost was simply too much. Now, here's what I want you to realize. The invitation that Jesus issued to this guy is the same one he gave to the four fishermen when he said, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Same one he said to Matthew, the tax collector. Hey, come follow me. Matthew wrote the first book of the Bible, of the New New Testament. We We can imply here that Jesus was inviting this young man to come and be a part of something very special. Say, come, follow me, be in my inner circle, listen, learn, and then I'll send you out to do even greater things. What did the young man do when he heard this invitation? Here's what it says. When he heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Remember, we're never more like God than when we choose giving over grasping. Now, we may not be asked to sell everything we have. However, I do know that grasping hands look a whole lot different than giving hands, right? I know which hands are open, open up our lives to following Jesus and the joy that comes that following him brings. I know which ones close us off to his voice. So I want to look at two things in this story that I think hopefully will help all of us 
open our hearts and hands to what Jesus wants us to, wants us to experience. First of all, we see the young man and we see the trap that he experienced. A, a trap that paralyzed him. I think there were several things in this story that stopped him dead in his track. Uh, first of all, comfort. Now, I'll be honest. I like to be comfortable. I like the heated seats in my vehicle. I like air conditioning in the summertime. I like sitting on my couch watching my 60-inch flat-screen TV and eating the meal I want to eat. I like talking to the people I like to talk to, and I like doing whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. And I realized as I was writing that paragraph the other day, there's a whole lot of I in that, you know? Comfort isn't wrong until it wraps us so tightly in contentment it prevents us from taking a step. And I'm talking to myself here, okay? I, I know I need to push myself into uncomfortable settings so I, when I'm following Jesus so I can be where he wants me to be. I, 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 Jesus never called me to be comfortable, okay? He called me to follow him. And this young guy, he had a lot. He had a lot. And he was comfortable where he was. Now, he didn't realize that what he was comfortable in paralyzed him. Now, the second thing I think, he may have been thinking, the, the comments by others, what were other people going to think? Now, I don't know what was going through his mind. He certainly didn't even attempt to follow Jesus, so we don't know. But it may have gone, been going through in my mind, if I do this, if I sell everything, go sell, give, and then follow, what are my parents going to say? What are my friends going to say? I mean, he could look at Jesus right there. Jesus was an itinerant preacher. He didn't have a whole lot of stuff. And uh, it's, the ministry certainly wasn't raking in the dough, right? But I don't know if I want that. See, if we choose generosity over grasping, people will often question why we do what we do. I, I don't know if you heard the story about the San Diego, San Diego businessman who donated over a million dollars to students and employees of Paradise High School after the campfire a couple weeks ago. Bob Wilson gave every student and employee in the, in the school district $1,000. No questions asked. And when he was asked why he wanted to do something like that, he answered, high school had a big impact on my life. And I thought, you know, if I could just put a smile on people's face, give them a little breathing room, I wanted to do that. Now, others complained when they heard about his generosity that giving high schoolers that kind of money was not a good idea. They just blow it. Now, here's what I recognize people are always willing to share their opinions, right? You betcha, especially when it comes to our generosity. But that shouldn't stop us from opening our hands. And the third thing I see about this young man, he had short-term thinking. Now, go back to the beginning. He asked a long-term question. What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Uh, the answer was, follow me. Now, the other thing about selling and giving was all about jettisoning, jettisoning weight that was going to hold him back from following, right? It's no fun to carry additional weight. My, my brother-in-law always used to shake his head when we would uh, prepare to go out in the timber hunting. He would have his seat, his pad, pad to sit on, and he would have a little fanny pack with his license and a knife in it. I would have a 30-pound backpack on my back. Okay, now, I had everything I needed, okay? I had food, I had an extra coat, I had, I had hand warmers, binoculars, I had a thermos of coffee, additional gloves, my fanny pack, ammo, I even had a, a revolver in there, okay? It was heavy. 
And I remember walking out of the stand this year complaining about the weight. Who did it to me? I did it to me. Okay? Jesus was trying to help this young man here. He loved him. He saw all kinds of potential of him in him as a prospective follower. But he knew the guy had some hindrances he needed to jettison if he really wanted to follow fast. If we're going to follow Jesus, we've got to be willing to move. But when the opportunity was presented to him, the young man just couldn't see the value in the way he was being offered. So he let the invitation of a lifetime pass him by, all because of what he chose to grab hold of. So what can we learn about it? Well, we can learn not to do those things. And we can learn how we can escape the trap. It's all about movement. And it's all about the kind of grip we have on things. And when it comes to thinking about escaping the paralysis, I think of the, of the words of a 38 special song. Hold on. Finish it for me. Loosely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we had more 38 special fans in the first hour, okay? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Hold on loosely. Hold on loosely. Now, I hope that you've been blessed by generosity in your life. Yeah, you know, I think back to Darla and I. Our, our first home was purchased in 1989. The down, came, down payment came from some of our best friends in the church. We asked for their help. And they responded like this. We bought a home. The same, this is the same couple who gave us cars twice when we were in need of a second vehicle. They just poured it out. I, I watched, I've watched the generosity of my parents through the years, giving, even though they don't have a whole lot of means anymore, but they have blessed my life over and over again, our financial supporters of, of Ignite, of our ministry, my ministry, starting churches. And, and think about that. This year, I've seen people extend generosity to Ignite, having open hands to help us Expand the mission of starting churches across Chicagoland. And what I see is when asked, people most often will go, yeah. Listen to this verse. Each man should give what he's decided his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You've probably seen that one before. The word for cheerful is, a, is an interesting one. It's a word we get our word hilarious from. The invitation here is to practice the type of generosity that makes us laugh out loud because it's so fun to extend it. Kind of like what was done for Huff Elementary School, the parents of Huff uh, students yesterday right here. I mean, I saw the generosity and I heard about it. I thought, it just makes you laugh and smile because it feels good to be generous. So how do we get to the point of hilarity? How do we get to the point of escaping the trap of wanting to grab and hold tight to what we have. Well, I think there's a couple things we can do. One, I think we need to trust the Father. See, after this encounter, Jesus told his disciples this. He said, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I have, I have a needle here. Can you imagine trying to squish a 1,300-pound camel through this thing. Well, the, the disciples couldn't imagine that either, right? 
He said, no, I don't know how big needles were in biblical times. You couldn't couldn't squish a 1,300-pound camel through them, all right? They said, well, if that's the case, now here's what they thought. They thought rich people had God's blessing, that God was just smiling on them more than they were smiling on the common person, so they were more spiritual. Jesus said, that's not the case at all. And so when the disciples heard that story about the, the camel and an eye and a needle, they said, well, who can be saved? And that's when Jesus uttered this marvelous, this marvelous verse. He said, with man, that is impossible. With God, though, all things are possible. I love that about the Father. The idea here is that instead of trusting the stuff that we have for hope and meaning, we need to trust the one from whom everything flows, the Father. Trust the Father. I mean, I read this during my quiet time this past week. I tell you the truth. Again, Jesus is saying, listen to me. Listen to the truth here. I tell it to you. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of heaven like a child, a little child will never enter it. I love the faith of a child. They simply trust their parents, don't they? They trust their parent to provide sustenance. They trust their parents to provide security and help and protection. I mean, I love it when my grandchildren run to me when they're feeling scared. And you know what grandpa does? Grandpa goes, yeah, get behind me, I'm here. Isn't that what a grandfather does? Isn't that what a father does? Do you think God's any less than we are? We can trust the father. We can run to him. See, movement, movement needs to be away from trusting stuff to leaning on the Father. And that's the second thing I see. Uh, We need to practice long-term, long-range thinking. There's a Chinese proverb that says this, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. We need to be thinking long-range, don't we? We had two trees out in our backyard that we planted uh, two years ago, and they're pretty dinky right now. You know, they're about uh, about uh, ten foot tall. They're not very. They're pretty scrawny. Okay. We have a patio out back that's in the west side of the house, and so when the sun comes in in the afternoon, it's pretty pretty hot out there. Okay. So we've had umbrellas and so forth just to provide a little shade. Now I know, I know. Ten years from now, those trees are going to be something. They're going to shade our patio. I'm trusting I'm going to be around 10 years from now. But anyway, if not, somebody else will enjoy that shade. Because we were thinking ahead. I think of what took place yesterday here. You will never know what seeds of influence were planted by taking care of people who need to be taken care of. When you provided what you did yesterday for Huff Elementary... The effort, the sacrifice, the generosity that went into that planted seeds of influence. You may not see those take fruit for 20 years from now, but I'll tell you what, those seeds are there and sometime they will sprout. All because people chose to extend generosity now with the hope that people will experience the love of God sometime down the road too. And it'll sprout and they in turn will pass it along. See, God is always at work and when we give, Extending our hands, God works through us to impact and influence others. So that's why I say we need to say yes to the things that matter and hold loosely to the things that are temporary. 
Rich young man, he, didn't think, he just didn't think long-term. He was too focused on what he was already holding in his hand, so he couldn't see the value in what Jesus was offering. And he missed the treasure. So here's what I want you to know. Come follow me is the same invitation Jesus continues to offer to everybody and extend to everybody. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter what we've done. Come follow me, Jesus says. Come follow me. I have treasure in store for you. Treasure like a strength and resilience beyond our own strength. Hope that will sustain us and move us forward through challenging times. We have a church family that can help us support, encourage, and celebrate the good times. The treasure flows into our lives as we grab hold of the invitation to follow. The treasure of adventure. And following Jesus is just that. The, the treasure of risking. I know that's a scary word for some, but I'll tell you what, when we step out of our comfort zone and get caught by the Father, it feels exhilarating. The treasure of growth, because there's always more lessons to learn, there's always another level to plumb. See, following Jesus, it requires movement. But when we choose to follow him, because we're locked into long-game thinking, long-range thinking, we get the treasure he offers. And everything changes. So I want to close by asking you to consider a couple of action steps this week. All right, we sang the song Reckless Love. I love that song. It talks about how God pursues us. Well, my challenge to each one here today, hey, let's spend a week, let's pursue Jesus. Because we can. And I'll tell you what, it's just as simple as, as picking up this book here and reading Pursuing Jesus, learning about him, following him. You've you got to know him before you can follow him, okay? And, and so here's what the best place to get to know him. I want to encourage you to open it up to Matthew, Mark, Luke. One of those books. Read a chapter a day and just see what he tells you. Listen for his voice as you read. Because we can hear him in here. Secondly, I want to encourage you to eliminate any obstacles that may be slowing your purse. Pursuit. Now, here's the deal. We've all got these, right? We've all got things that's, that can stand in our way. And so what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going I'm to be asking the Father the same thing. Hey, if I have obstacles in the way of my following you, help me to see what one is. And, and when, you get, when you get an answer, you know, as you read, God will, God will give you answers. As you talk to him, God will give you answers. If you see one, just ask him to help you eliminate one obstacle one time. And just see what happens. You know, we won't clean the slate completely in a week, no. But, I mean, over time, as we continue to listen and follow and eliminate, we remove weight that will keep us from running well. And last thing I want to ask you to do, I want you to consider extending generosity to someone in the week ahead. Now, I'll tell you what, I know what happens I know what happens when, when generosity is extended. So what if, what if one person here chose to extend generosity of encouragement to somebody? I think it would help one person. What if, what if a couple of us chose to, to say, hey, I'm going to go out of my way to be overly generous with somebody who's around me because I see a need. I think it would make a difference. Uh, what if, what if, Several more of us, as a small group, decided, hey, we're going to go out, we're going to bless somebody this week by doing something beyond ourselves that we, we weren't planning on doing, but we want to do it just because we feel God wants us to extend generosity to them. 
maybe even more important, what would happen if everybody here decided to say, hey, I want to do one thing within my realm of, of opportunity to help bless somebody who needs blessing. Do you think, do you think things would happen if we chose to do that? Boy, that one went a long way. Okay. And who knows? When we bless people, it can go a long way, can it? So my encouragement this week is, is look at yourself. Look at what you have in your hands. Look at the needs around you. And do one thing. Because if all of us do one thing, it will have a profound impact. Not only here, but here. That's my challenge. One thing. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for the way they have extended generosity so many times in the past. Lord, we know that it is, a, it is something we never finish. Uh, you just continue to give to us, and you give us the example of what we need to continue to do to others. So, Lord, continue to open our eyes, please, to opportunities. And help us never to be afraid to step in when we see an opportunity. So, Lord, we want to we be hilarious when it comes to generosity. We want to laugh out loud because of what you have done for us and then what we are able to do to others. It's because we love you and you love others. Father, open our eyes this week and let us step in. It's in the powerful name of Jesus, we praise you and thank you. Amen.